welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about plans and plots and pop, pop, two shots. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, I bit my tongue when I said my name, and we are going to cover chapters 13 through 16. Tell you what, though, biting your tongue at the very beginning of the podcast does not feel good. No, it's not. I feel like I'm already going off the rails. Yeah, it's... Not a good omen. Chapter 13 through 16, which I can barely say now, of Fate of the Jedi, book six, Vortex, by Troy Denning. Short, 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 super longer chapter. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, we balance this out to, to four chapters every week because it, in a Star Wars format, it usually rounds out to about 40 pages. It's been longer every week so far. It's been like 65, yeah. 60, 55 whatever this week looked like a it was a solid 40 ish and then you know your brain just automatically divides that up evenly and yes, then the... you start reading the chapters and you're like chapter this 13's done oh okay 14 done it was like the chapters were really short although they served their purpose like almost like vignettes mm-hmm. where we are sort of jumping around to different perspectives uh, across our main characters to set us up for the last third of the book. Yeah. The last half of the book, I guess, right? We're going to probably spend the next 40 or so pages, probably the next week, checking in with everybody and seeing where we're all at while we come to the final third of the book. The third act mm-hmm. of the second book in the third trilogy of second seriousness. That was none of that was correct. But first. Bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon, the Jedi strike the Sith in defense of the White Throne. Jaina tells the Masters about the Sith war fleet. A senator is set to scratch the Solo's backs. And Buatu blames Madi Vaunt from his coma. But that was last week. <laughs> this week on Forever Canon... We start with chapter 13, where the very powerful leader of the Lost Tribe of the Sith, the very capable, very much more powerful than everybody else in the entire society, High Lord Talon, is beating up a teenage girl. <laughs> uh, rather <laughs> handedly. Yeah, it hurts, she thinks. Yeah. He's... <laughs> As he punches her across the room and she refuses to stop herself and like somersaults backwards into the wall and stuff, right? Yeah, and and stands up afterwards and like, I know if I stay down, it's only going to be worse or something. But weird society. It's all part of the plan. Because the plan is to make her look like she had to fight her way to escape from the Sith. Mm-hmm. Back into spy mode, right? We're going to plant you back in, run back to the Skywalkers for safety and falling in love with Ben. They're going to take you in because look how much we beat you up. And, you know, they think to themselves, we probably won't fool the older one, but it won't matter because the younger one's going to be so mad that we hurt her. Yeah. It's just going to work. Okay. It just is. So... This is gross, right? It's extremely gross. I mean, 
let's take all gender and age out of it and just look at it, I guess, base block at a time. They're an evil society who use violence to get what they want, mm-hmm. to get power. Violence and manipulation. And so they subject this teenage girl to a physical beating that looks convincing enough to have the Jedi take her in as a refugee. Yeah. So that she can secretly be a planted spy to learn everything about the Jedi Queen, Lord Talon says. <laughs> yeah. The Jedi Queen, who we know is four to six to eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's eight or something. Right? They say eight, but... I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she... I don't know. Anyways. And he's had some... Alana Solo. He's had some negative effects from that pool of knowledge yeah yikes eh he fell into the pool when him and luke were fighting and now he's super pupil dilated like black holes in his face and if you look long enough it looks like two pinpoint stars at the bottom hey yeah someone else had eyes like that tell me who yeah avalon was just like uh this that that's that's a lot of questions Mm -hmm. what's happening to this man is it the same thing that happened to Abeloth's eyes? Is he going to grow tentacles and become a well of dark side ancient energy? Was she a regular person who fell into the pool of knowledge? What? Why? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't know and they don't know, right? This is all ancient mystical shit. It's all magic. Yeah. Even to the even to the wizards, this is all magic. This is ancient magic. This is Aeor. You can't even understand this magic, you simple widow ghast. You, this is so old. Yeah. I don't know. His eyes turned into black holes with silver stars in the bottom. It's how the, it's how the dark side makes babies. G- oh. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> Triple yikes. It's bad all the way around. Talon also says, quote, destiny has but one throne. And I was like, that sounds, that's heavy. That's some of that fun, melodramatic stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Where everything is so super serious and we say it in a super serious way. Where we're always orating. Especially these high lords of the Sith and stuff like that. They're like, it, it's all stuff like that. How many times do I say that? I'm not orating. Where, you know, they're like speech crafting. They're, they, they speak in a way to be impressive all the time. Yes. Right? And so... Destiny has but one throne. And this is Vestara's mission. Find out everything you can about the Jedi queen that we saw on the white throne. Because it's obviously very important. When did the Skywalkers attack? When we saw the face of the Jedi queen. And they recognize that. They say it out loud. They say it to Vestara. Talon tells Vistara, this might be the most important mission I've ever given any Sith in the history of the tribe. So, a huge burden for Vistara, who we already know, to be super special. Yeah. Right? She is. She's, she is the equivalent of Ben Skywalker. Yeah, she's, she's the next, she's the next good one. Her dad might not be the High Lord or the Grandmaster, right? But Mm -hmm. she is equal in potential and power, I think. Yeah. But now she has this huge burden on her shoulders of there's only one throne. 
if the Jedi have it, that means the Sith don't. So chapter 14 takes us to Luke and Ben having run from the grotto all the way to the beach to find the Jade Shadow is missing. Oh, yeah, that sucks. That's a long run. You know what's weird about that long run, though? None of the plants attacked them the whole time they were running through the jungle. No. Weird. And then they get here and the spaceship's gone. Weird. Weird, huh? Lightning forks from behind Luke and Ben and they, uh, father and son have a conversation about do we, how can we not save this Vestara Sith young girl from being murdered or forcibly <laughs> attacked? I, I don't know. You know, like, what do we do about the situation? Yeah. Ben says we have to save her. Luke says it's obviously a trap. Ben says, why would they use the same trap twice? Luke says it's working. Yeah, we keep falling for it. Because <laughs> uh, it's working. And so, eventually we come to the notion that, you know, Vistara is really their only source of... Source? <laughs> source of information <laughs> on the Siths. Anyways. That was definitely a thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't make any sounds I wanted to there. And I was trying to make all the wrong sounds. <laughs> I did. But not even the wrong ones, the <laughs> right in, wrong ones that I yeah. wanted. I just, that was, Vistara is the only <laughs> font of knowledge. Ahem. No, font of power. Shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mixed the two things together. But she's the only access that they have to actual information about this lost tribe of the Sith. She's too valuable to just. To discard. Discard or whether yeah. she has. Yeah, good. Whether mm-hmm. she is being actually killed by. Hi, Lord Talon, or if this is a setup, she has too much valuable information inside her brain to leave her on the beach. And so Luke calls it a last chance. Yes. As he is admiring Ben while he runs away to go hijack the Sith ship, he's admiring Ben for offering so many chances, first chance, second chance, third chance even. He had said to Ben, this will be a last chance. She's betrayed them <laughs> half a dozen times. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, uh, at the time she shoved him into the med bay. She faked to be poisoned so that he almost, his dad got killed. There was, uh, uh, I don't know. The Night tried, Sisters. There's, yeah. So many times. Yeah. He simultaneously admires his son having all of this conviction of forgiveness while also saying it's, Futile because she's born and raised a Sith. It's not like anything we've ever seen before, right? Yeah. He's stuck in this dogma of, I don't know, there's no way you could take that root out. Yeah. He also, he hates that he's got to do it too. Uh, being his dad, he hates that he's got to watch his son fail in order for his kid, his son to learn. Yeah. That's, he, he's struggling with he that. He specifically thinks like, I can't just tell him that this girl is going to break his heart. That's, he won't, learn the necessary lesson to be the great leader of the Jedi order that he's going to need to be in the future. Yeah. You know, all, all I'm going to do is stifle his growth. If I hold his hand, Mm -hmm. he's going to have to learn the hard way, right? Got to make your own mistakes in life. And that's, you know, there, you don't really, there are so few things you learn by listening to someone else's mistake. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if your brother tells a story of, Grabbing the positive and negative terminals. Yeah. On the uh, 
on the service yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. for the old Kinsman station. Yeah. That's a story that you can learn from. But, you know, the story of heartbreak and betrayal. Gotta learn that yourself, apparently. According to Grandmaster Luke Skywalker. You know, you can't <laughs> redeem the Sith and you can't teach a teenager about love. Luke also reflects on how hard they were played by Abeloth. She had ship set the Jedi and Sith against each other by taking them to the pool of knowledge. Mm -hmm. It was ship that showed up and was like, didn't you guys know about this thing? Go there. You'll know where you'll find her. And then he drops him off there to fight over this information that he knows is there. Or at least Abeloth knows is there. Yeah. And Luke does too. So inevitably they're going to get distracted and they've been, they've been set up and they fell for it. You know, Abeloth had them fight against each other while she escaped in the Jade Shadow. Hence, nothing in the jungle has been attacking them since they left the grotto. She's not there. Now she's gone. Yes. Before earlier episodes, we were wondering what happened at the end when Ship suddenly just ran away from Jaina, you know? And where was Abeloth when she was pretending to be dead? Was she on the planet or not? Yeah. She's been on the planet the whole time until now. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she's, she's gone. gone in Luke Skywalker's wife's ship, who she's already been in several times as a cuddle ghost. Yeah. And has pretended to be the wife. Cuddle ghost. <laughs> so, I don't know. On a scale of one to ten, how bad do you think that is? Yeah. It, and she's also not dumb. She took the newer ship. <laughs> It's funny, you know, it's another example. Like, it's proven to us time and time again how fallible Luke Skywalker is. Mm -hmm. How he's just, man, almost never right. Yeah. <laughs> or at least not on top of things. He's always a step behind the evil. Yeah. Which I guess is how you have to be to even tell a story. Right? If yeah. you're a step <laughs> ahead of the bad guy all the way, it's not much of a compelling no antagonistic relationship and you can't be and without that antagonistic relationship there is no good guys because the bad guys never really get to be bad right and thus there are no bad guys either there yeah. is just People. minority report <laughs> <laughs> and then someone frames somebody because oh, he's too good of a cop whatever the hell the story was it's a good movie but i know me i i know me too thanks <laughs> <laughs> What the hell am I saying? <laughs> Anyways, shut up. Back to uh, Skywalker Wars. The very valuable Luke Skywalker. Valuable. Oh, man. <laughs> Tough night. He's fallible and valuable. Well, <laughs> valuable. I'm just going to, I'm going to sit in that one for a second. Yeah. And then I'm going to say. That's just all marinated. Whatever it. is next on the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, just to reiterate that point one more time. We are shown this over and over and over again. Yeah. Luke Skywalker being wrong. And to be shown it, you know, in the context of just after him saying things like Vistara is irredeemable. Mm -hmm. None of these Sith are worth saving. It's not even worth trying. It's impossible. Right. Take that however you would like. Yeah. <laughs> the two things being laid next to each other like that. Lightning, blaster bolts, thermal detonator later. Luke rescues Vistara, calling out her spy plan because he knows. Yeah. 
And she had, as much as admits it, and she runs off to help Ben get into the Emiacs. The ramp comes down of the Sith ship that they're stealing from Lord Talon. Yeah. Stealing. Although this wasn't part of the plan, was it? No, it was and not. And what the hell are these two guys supposed to do now? They had forgotten all about Abeloth by the sound of it. Is there any other ship out here? Not that It was I... just them and ship. Yeah, because they had made the deal. Everybody peace out. Nobody says ship is here. The Jade Shadow's gone. They're stealing the only <laughs> ship left. So that's kind of neat. And the ramp comes down and Vistara takes Ben's hand up into the Emiax as Luke feels a danger tingle at the same time spotting Talon and Kai. But they're not the danger, are they? Yeah, I don't think so. Mm-mm-mm. No, they're not. Mm, no. That physical connection between Vestara and Ben is the danger sense. It's not the coincidental timing of seeing mm-hmm. Talon and Kai doing nothing in a crater of glass because he just blew up the forest with a thermal detonator. Yeah. It's not them. Even though he pew, 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 puts down some, some warning fire. <laughs> no, it's Vistara grabbing Ben's hand and running into the ship. Spidey sense. Yep. I just thought that was really nice. That was like, you know, it, it wasn't a, a, a misdirect, really, because it was pretty clear. Mm-hmm. But it was a nice fake fake out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't need that one to be too genuine. It was pretty clear. Those two guys over there weren't doing anything. No, they stood up. Yeah. That's Which is dangerous enough, you know, a High Lord of the Sith and all that jazz. But. <laughs> yeah. But no a, risk, no reward. A right? beautiful Sith grabbed your son's hand and ran into the spaceship. Chapter 15. Back to Tahiri's trial, where her lawyer, Aramuth Buatu, is not sleeping and is, in fact, quite energetic and smug and dressed in a fancy white tauntaun fur lined <laughs> suit. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> She's like, is that a style decades before I was born? But it looks good on him. <laughs> so that's cool. I like, I do like the descriptions of this guy's like his over the top costumery or, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's always, he's decked out and dressed up and that's fun. It's fun for an old dude with a cane. Yeah. <laughs> tauntaun lined jacket. He's dressed like a retired pimp. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking good. He's feeling good. Until Tahiri breaks his little doggy heart Mm -hmm. by bringing in help. He said all along, I don't want a co-chair. I don't want an assistant. I do this myself. I work alone. And you have to trust me. I'm not really falling asleep. It's all part of the plan. I don't care how bad it looks. I swear to God. Well... She done brought in another lawyer supplied by Lando and Han and Leia. Sardone Sardon. Mm-hmm. Is this the worst name ever? It's the worst. Sardine Sardine. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, it's bad. That's stupid. It's That's so not a good name. 
That's a porno name. Yeah, with the, they, a terrible one. They took off the last two letters of her first name, and the, oh, that's her last name now. Yeah, man. Sardone, Sardone. We <laughs> oui, oui. like that one. And so Sa- on. Like Sardine, Sardine. 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 No, don't like it. Don't no, like her name. Terrible. And she made Aramuth upset, so I don't like her even more. Uh, Aramuth tries to quit. Yeah. At the beginning of the session. Says, excuse me, your honor, uh, fuck this. I'd like to remove myself. <laughs> uh, I would like to remove myself from the trial. Uh, the Judge Sudan won't let him quit. And now Tahiri's defense table is awkward. Yeah. Between death row blonde, old man baby, and new unprepared sardines, this is a weird table. Yeah. His reaction is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Come on, dude. Grow up. <laughs> She's on she's on trial for life and death. And you're pretending to sleep in the chair and then you get all butt hurt when she's like, "Hey, this seems like you need help. You seem tired. I'm going to ask for help." Okay, Jaina, put the ring back on and settle down. You don't get to quit <laughs> the trial. Okay? Yeah. She just this new sardine sardine has been on the trial for 8 minutes. On the case, the judge asked her, "Do you feel prepared to take this over?" "No." No, I need three or four days. And the judge says, no. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> you are staying on the case, old man. And I just think, like, what a... It's really starting to look like a bad situation for Tahiri. If you if you can't have a cogent, coordinated defense at your trial, how do you win? Yeah. He's, he's always saying, trust me, trust me, even when he was falling asleep, whether that was fake or real or not. What if he's just smart enough to know that this was going to happen? Or he's like, I think he's he's playing he's it. He's trying to play Soul Deck on. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he's playing it. He's playing it, man. Yeah. But, you know, Tahiri is losing trust in him because they got slaughtered the last time he was pretending to sleep. Yeah. They lied all over the stand, and obviously that had its own play because you're going to bring that up later and dismiss all kinds of shit at the end of the trial, probably. Whatever. But we don't know. He tried to quit. She tried to add, not replace him. No. She tried to just add him some backup. Yeah, give him some assistance. And he was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> what? Stop being a baby. Yeah, it's an overreaction. Chapter 16. A Amadi Vaunt chapter? I say to myself <laughs> as this opens up, and I'm like, no. This is not what I want right now. I want Vistara and Ben on the Emiax by themselves for 40 seconds. Before Luke Skywalker gets there. And then I want them to take off. And I want to see what those Sith are going to do about being stranded on this planet that tries to murder everybody. But now it's not. Oh my god. What if Talon. What if she couldn't leave? (gasps) Rewind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What if she couldn't leave until somebody else took over her role by falling into the pool of knowledge? She couldn't leave. Because she could have left. With ship. Yeah. But what if she was metaphysically, mystically, anciently tied to the planet because of that starry-eyed connection? And they're stranded there, and this guy's going to start growing tentacles and choking Gav Archai with the plants or something. That'd be dun, interesting. Dun, dun. I don't know. I don't remember. I kind of like that. That'd be neat, though. But it does kind of answer... A question in that gap of she could have left with ship 
any time between faking her death and stealing the Jade Shadow. How, no matter how beat up Ship is, you jump anywhere and hide until he recovers, right? Mm-hmm. You leave and hide. Why did she stay here all this time? And why did she lure them to that to that pool of knowledge? Yeah. To sucker somebody into taking over her station. Whatever this evil guardianship might be. I bit my tongue again. You want to know why? Because I bit it once. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Chapter 16. Monty Vaughn chapter. And I'm like, what? This ain't what I want. Back to where we were. She drops into the centaur revolution. That we've been hearing about so much on Blaudu Sextus. It's a very big deal. Remember, Dalla sent Mandalorians here. Oh! Horses have been marching, and Mandos have been shooting. Yeah, a bunch are dead. Some they are killed injured. killed like 10 guys yesterday, injured 50, and shot all their signs up. Yeah. <laughs> all their, we want freedom signs, or we want salt licks. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. what Because they're only semi-sentient, apparently. Weird, weird right? Yeah. So, anyways, weird fickle area that we're in. But Dalla sent Mandos here to stop this uprising. And Buatu, uh, excuse me, Neck Buatu, mm-hmm. not fancy old man, more reserved admiral of the Galactic Alliance Navy, sent Mahdi Vaughn here as part of the Freedom Flight. This is where the next big eruption is going to be because he knew Dalla was sending Mandos here. They talked about it on the pillow. Mm-hmm. And now we're here. Maudie and crew are waiting on Freedom Flight's latest promise. Two Jedi are supposed to be coming to defuse the situation between the horses and the Mandos. Avinoam Aralis and Sothea Sar. Hey, wait a minute. Why on earth are you sending a formerly crazy one week ago Jedi on a mission anywhere? He was it, he was in charge of the slavery, um, like reports and all that for the Jedi bef- beforehand. Okay. Yeah. Don't send him. <laughs> you know where he's in charge of it from now? The infirmary in the Jedi Temple for like a few more weeks, a month. I don't know. Till he hear back from Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, until you're sure you that they send won't him go on crazy a mission again. right away. Yeah, to violence town. Is that like is that like a flex? Like nah. They're fine. Boom. And he flex all over Dalla. Like, we can send him on a mission. That's how healthy his brain is. I don't know. But, hey, man, <laughs> I'm probably a little more reserved in my uh, deployment at that point. Yeah, other people could go. Like, so many. Yeah. You know how many Jedi they have? Hundreds. Yep. You know how many we hear about? Ten. Twelve. <laughs> you know how much they do? Fuck all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you're not Luke and Ben... <laughs> on Avalot's magic planet right now, you're not doing anything. No, you're arguing. Yep. Getting mad at each other for sure. Anyways, anyways. Yeah. Back to Blaudu Sextus, Tim. Focus. There's two handle, Jedi. Handle the Octusi. Two Jedi are supposed to be coming. Is that how you pronounce it? I pronounce it Octuzi. Oh, I like yours better. Octuzi. Right. <laughs> I like yours better. But yeah, they're named after they're the eighth planet. Yes. And the people from the seventh planet here on the Sextus, 
No, that'd be six. That'd be six. Here on the sixth, the sex the sixtieth planet, they have slaves from the eighth planet, <laughs> and there's supposed to be two Jedi coming here to help solve all the problems. Well, instead, there's Mandos here first with tanks. <laughs> yep. So that's good. Madi wants a live Holonet feed. So that's not leading us in a certain direction. Former slave Shota. Remember him from before? Mm-hmm. She won him in a game and she was like, you're a real boy now. You're free. Dobby. <laughs> you're elf. free to work for me. Yes, if you'd like to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that seemed a little bit of a tight spot. Yeah. Yes, doll, grant you your freedom, Genie, if you swear your allegiance to me. <laughs> like, uh, anyways, anyways, anyways. Shota asks, while looking at the scene outside of, you know, horsemen in a circle, surrounded by a circle of Mandalorians in tanks, mm-hmm. he says, shouldn't we, like, do something? Yeah. Right? We, yep. hey, shouldn't we tell these semi-sentient unsuspecting horse protesters with like hammerhead shark heads yeah they're they're weird strange strange beasts a burden (laughs) as they're being used as on this planet anyways anyways shouldn't we tell them like hey they're they're gonna blow you guys to bits like that's not a joke and that's not what you think it is you might be pacifists who can't imagine violence they're like, what is, what is they, the example that they give? The only closest thing to violence they have is They're like, shoving competitions yeah, and it's a part of a mating ritual. Yeah. When you're a teenage boy and you want a girlfriend, you have chest bumping contests. Yeah. That's about it. So like a circle of tanks doesn't e- ring any alarm bells for these people. But it does for this former slave who turns to the reporters he's working for, Madi Vant and cameraman Teal. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, shouldn't we stop this? Shouldn't we save them? The rest of the team responds, no. We're journalists. If we get involved in the story, we change the story. We're reporters. We're not Jedi. We're not doctors. We're not police. Okay, yeah, but you could just like <laughs> yeah, let somebody know something bad is going to happen. Like you don't have to run down there and like stand in front of the Mandalorians and be the Martyr, you could just be like, it's, it's more serious than you think it is, and run back down the hallway or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could do something, but they're reporters and you can't, you know, get it. You can't interfere with the story. It's the whole, the journalistic integrity and blah, 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 blah. And blah, they, blah, blah. they logic their way around it, kind of. Yeah. By saying we could save a few today or we could save even more tomorrow. By broadcasting by, by broad- the story of this massacre. Yeah. Or, you can take a picture of the almost massacre, still report that, yeah, and maybe save a few horse people. Right? Uh, that's I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's not my field, man, because I can't make those kind of decisions. Because I just would break that rule every time. Yep. You're about to be struck by a vehicle. Ah, like, <laughs> I don't know. So. It kind of reminded me, actually, of the Jedi. Okay. How we've been talking last week, especially, but, you know, throughout the, all the series, all the books, 
they're reactive and not proactive. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that journalism, that line between being in the story and reporting the story. If you do something, you're overstepping the bounds of, of your, I don't know, your responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, You're, you're getting off your it just, chosen path. It's like a different flavor of the Jedi, the way that the Jedi have been. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not they're they're not peacekeepers by proactivity. They are they usually come in and stop shit like this, you know? A revolt is already happening. Violence is already happening and they're like cleanup crew. Yeah. Cuz you know, I mean you can't prevent everything. You do have to react to some things, but more specifically, it, it was a similar echo to that. What we had just gotten that, that uh, pattern broken a few chapters earlier when Luke attacked Lord Talon yeah. as soon as he saw that he saw the throne. Yep. Moving into proactivity. We're having a dialogue about inactivity. You know, it's all very much on theme. Mm-hmm. For this series. Guess who's in charge of the Mandos? Yeah. <laughs> Commander Belock Rawl. In case you don't remember him, he was the head of Chief of State Dalla's Jedi Temple Siege. And he was the murderer of Connie Asari on live TV. Poor little assistant. Dots are being connected here too, by the way, because he was at the siege to recover Sothea Sar. Mm-hmm. As well as someone else, Alturi Altamik or whatever I don't know something like that. Um, and now Th- Sothea Sar is coming here to break up this Mandalorian siege. Just interesting. Just an interesting connection. I don't really think it's going to bear any fruit, but it's like just these two have been sort of intertwined already together, yeah. and so maybe their fates will play out at the hands of one another. And, uh-huh. and this guy being at both locations is he. Like I know Mando's are pretty unscrupulous as far as their what they'll do for money, but is he the only one that's willing to do this horrific crap? I think Dalla trusts that he's willing to, and that's why she puts him in charge or hires him in yeah. charge or whatever, you know what I mean? He's proven it. Yep. He I don't know how many times you gotta murder somebody on the steps of the Jedi Temple to gain that kind of I don't know, gain that kind of uh I'm almost at the word. It's like infamy. I was going to say it's like famous, but reverse. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, he's he's here. Only once, really. He's on the job, and he uses his favorite trick. He kills a horse guy right away. (laughs) Shoots him right in the face. One of the elders. Again, on live TV. (laughs) Now, step out of the story and extract yourself into a seat maybe in the solos hideout mm-hmm. with a cup of hot chalky and an eight-year-old next to you watching the usually chill as fuck Perry Needmo news hour. Yeah. And all of a sudden Mandalorians are shooting horsemen in the face on live news and kind of, you know, that occurred to me early on in the scene and readers and Tim try to keep that perspective as you go through this scene, because it is so shocking. 
It would be yeah. so horrifying. Yeah, yeah. To watch this happen on live TV, right? It's like you're watching the weather and they cut to a live feed of a war zone. Cut to a hostage negotiation and a man gets his face shot off. Yeah. P.S. Who's all this being reported by? Madi Vont. Mm-hmm. Target a number one of Chief of State Natasi Dalla. Yeah, ever since... Blonto pointed at her. Her comatose boyfriend floated an eyeball in her direction when she came on TV. Why? Because he's so deeply ingrained in the whole situation. He sent her there. He knows what's going to happen there. He knows the Mandos are going there. It comes on the news and he goes, our eyeball moves that way. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to kill that bitch. Yeah, was find her. <laughs> Essentially, right? And so, Maudie Vaunt is now broadcasting this murder by the Mandalorian commander who Dalla had previously hired at the temple. Yep. She's broadcasting this connection live. The most hated woman in Dalla's office. And and outside of I don't know. Who. And for the people who don't know, she points out that specific. She's uh, he was the leader of the siege here and Yeah. She does yeah. in the broadcast. Yeah. And she, it is really good in the scene. It's really well laid out. The tension in the scene is gross. Mm-hmm. There almost isn't any, but there is so much. And I mean that, that's so dumb to say. I mean, I know, I knew you're all, I, he's going to shoot people. He's yep. killing someone for sure. And then the tension as she's describing him, like naming him and his, uh, his recent uh, infamous <laughs> actions. Yep. He does it again. Another one on live TV. Another elder who refused to tell the rest of the elders to step forward. Hey, want to know what they knew? What the hell do you think he's going to do? Yeah. All of them are going to be dead in a line when you all step forward, right? Yep. Bring me your leaders. Uh, no. The horses keep saying no. He keeps shooting people on live TV. Dalla's little Mandalorian empire, eh? Gross. The horses riot. Yeah, because they're all dying. When you are being murdered by the police. See the year 2020. (laughs) And, of course, the Mandalorians incited this riot so that they could turn the cannons on and massacre hundreds of horse people in their wrestling ring. Yeah. Yeah. They were just in the, in like a Coliseum on the live news. Yeah. Massacre. And you're at home with the hot chalky and the granddaughter and the, Oh dear. C3PO. (laughs) Who know? Right. Yeah. Gross, man. Yeah. It's disgusting display of abuse of power that I don't know. God, could that even happen in real life? Captain Rawl opens fire on the building where Madi Vant and crew are broadcasting from. Yeah, because one of his commandos is monitoring the broadcast, all the broadcasts going on. They're overhear him on that parabolic microphone that they got. Their signal. Yeah, you hear him say "live," "where from," or whatever yeah, like that. You and idiot! Say, something yeah. like that. And they start shooting and then at him. Pow, 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 pow. They start blowing the front of the building in. 
Yeah. So they have to run. They run down the stairs into a hallway where they come face to face. Or blaster to Mike. Yeah, really close. Captain Raw. And Maddie Vaughn, knowing that Captain Raw is about to kill her, she sees it in his eyes and feels it in her gut. Asks him again on live TV, as she sees in the background, mm-hmm. two lightsaber tips coming through the concrete wall behind Captain Rawl. She asks him, did Chief of State Dalla hire you? She puts that conjecture question out there. Not for him. No. For the audience. For everyone else. For defense of the Galactic Alliance. Mm-hmm. Because this is a betrayal of your power, Chief Dalla. Yeah, this is... This is disgusting. Yeah, it's exactly what what every other person Every in power, despotic leader yeah. who's ever run an empire. It's what she... She's another bad guy again. Yep. And it's hard to say that she didn't intend to be. She was given the office with the understanding that she had the backbone to pull things together. Mm-hmm. But instead, her mission became pull the Jedi into my straitjacket rather than run the Galactic Alliance and bring the Empire into the fold Yeah, to get the whole galaxy on the same page or closer. She switched gears during those two years and decided she needed to punish Luke Skywalker and bring the Jedi into line. And now... She's come to the point of sending murderous mercenary Mandalorians, didn't mean to be so alliterative, <laughs> to shut down a slave revolt, for God's sakes. On a backwater planet that nobody cares about. Seven people tell us in the books they never <laughs> heard of it before. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is going on? Yeah, she's... Uh, she's is she... Go ahead. She's definitely... She had at the when she was first brought in, it, even like the first, even the first couple books of this series. Yeah, it was she actually is able, able, <laughs> able and capable. Yep, <laughs> of doing it and capable and capable. Yeah, she seemed very. I mean, she seemed to politically have it together. Yeah, although it was definitely fraying at the ends. But what has happened to her to now get to this point? Where you're murdering random slaves across the galaxy for stepping up during a time when slavery is clearly going to be changing in the history books into bad. You know what I mean? Like she's like the president before Abraham Lincoln, who was like, nah, still slaves and yeah. like shoot people yeah. who don't want to be slaves anymore. You, you, think, you know what I mean? You, you, yeah, you you hop you're, on that train. You're coming and you, down on the wrong side of history. Yeah. Why are you trying to stop a slave revolt with Mandalorians? And your logic is because abolishing slavery is too much chaos for the galaxy. Yeah. But this isn't? Thinking, I guess, it's in the middle of nowhere and nobody knows and nobody ever will. And nobody would have if it wouldn't have been for... For... But, my, for um. Neck. Neck Boatu sending Maudie Vaunt here. But Dala has seen her on the news. Mm-hmm. 
here in this place. So why is this still going through? Because she's one of those people who, right, commits to the thing. And it's like, I said I was going to. Don't care if it's bad. Now I got to. You know, that kind of thing. I don't know what is going on with Dala. But this, all being on live TV, is going to be bad. Marty Vaught asking Captain Rawl if he was hired by Dala on live TV after just murdering hundreds of semi-sentient beings Mm -hmm. is going to be bad. He shoots her twice in the chest. Yep, she goes down. As the two Jedi come storming in too late, Marty Vaught is on the ground with two blaster holes in her chest. And this was freaking harrowing, man. This was like, this felt really like visceral. Yeah, it was really intense for for a situation that... Like it would have been a Karen Travis novel, (laughs) right? Like she was a soldier. She was a reporter in Mm. in the war and stuff like that. Yeah. This seemed so grounded and real as much as you can in science fantasy. Yeah. With laser beams and all kinds of shit, light swords and whatever, right? But, man, this was like, I haven't really cared about this character, as I've said, all the way through. But it was pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. And to think the entire galaxy just watched it live. This reporter that they've all been connecting to on the news every night reporting about, look at all these... Look at all these slaves coming to freedom and all the positivity spreading across the galaxy. You know, this reporter that billions of of people have been connecting with gets murdered on live TV by the dude who was working for Dala last time you saw him murdering on live TV. Yeah, and her her only question is she's going out because she knows. She knows that she's gone. This is what points out to us how important the live aspect is going to be. Go ahead. This is exactly the quote that tells us the reader how important this is going yeah. to be. She says she's going out. She said, tell me you at least got the shot. Yeah. Just, did you get the shot? Just tell me you got the shot. Fade to black. And yeah. Yeah. They got the shot. Camera on her face. As she's saying that. Yeah. They got the shot. And so did she. Two times. Pow, pow. Ha, ha. Too soon? <laughs> I don't know. Is it too soon? Find out next week. <laughs> when we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 6, Vortex, Chapters 17 through 20. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Where's Bo? you should be in charge for any comments and questions you can hit us up at forever canon podcast at gmail.com forever canon podcast is a jay plazer production catch us on facebook instagram twitch twitter and youtube at jay plazer check us out